and welcome back to the Elevated Man podcast. I'm uh, Richard Harkness and I'm here today with my co-host Phil. Hi, how's it going? Good mate, good. We're going to dive straight into it today and get, get into the, the juice of it, shall we say, um, or the meat of it or whatever you want to call it. Um, and we'll, uh, we want to talk about something that came up last night uh, in, in a group uh, discussion that we were having with uh, part of our cohort on the Elevated Man programme. And it was a thought, an idea that just kind of came up, and we don't know the answer to this question as we're going into this discussion necessarily. But the the question that arose was, can it ever be a bad thing if you never argue as a couple? Mm. Yeah, that's a good one, mate. And 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 it's uh, it's a very interesting one, isn't it? And it, there's a lot to be to be delved into there. I've I've. I can share my experience certainly in that I have been in a relationship where it was really noticeable that we didn't argue and it was mm-hmm. like oh, we've got years without arguing this is great this is eternal bliss and I think it, it really for us there was just a lot of stuff that wasn't being said and so neither of us were saying it and um on the surface, it, it seemed like things were great because we didn't argue, but there was a lot of stuff that wasn't being dealt with and being mm-hmm. slowly um, kind of stockpiled. And it was building and building and building and building and building. And then, because we argued, or, cause, sorry, because we didn't argue, it just kind of ended up in a, oh, well, we've got all this big pile of resentment and everyone was just like, I'm not happy. Let's, let's just call it quits. Yeah. It, it's... For me, I don't think it's it's healthy to never argue. But well, I don't know what's what's your what's your experience with it. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I took yeah you know, I've been married a long time, and I think I took a certain pride in the fact that we didn't argue an, an awful lot together. Um, we did occasionally, but um, certainly I f- felt like that we were very good at coming to a resolution together and kind of always coming back to each other which is great and it's one of the things I still have confidence with today in my marriage is that no matter what we'll find a way to work through it together you know but I suppose I you know I haven't done a lot of work on myself and I think since I made the transition uh, since leaving uh, medicine behind uh, that left for me you know, without without wanting to sound too woo woo, kind of like a, a bit of a loss of I- identity, mm-hmm. um, not really knowing who I was anymore. It kind of made things quite uncertain, and obviously, that that's bound to have an impact on the relationship as well. Because mm-hmm. what was nicely defined as you know structures and boundaries before, we now suddenly go, um, and one of the things in kind of it's almost like. You know, you hear that that cliche, don't you? Sometimes you have to tear it down to build it up again, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, not 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 as dramatic as that, but I think there was definitely a process of like things had to get quite unsettled before they became mm. settled again, and and part of that un, unsettledness was me kind of learning to find my own voice again, mm. um, because I didn't feel like I had a voice when I was a GP. I know that makes sounds ridiculous, but. Mm. I felt like a conduit, you know, like I sit here, I channel the NHS and knowledge through me and that's, yeah. that's it kind of thing. Um, mm. I didn't feel like me being there was the important bit, if that makes sense. 
I realised in hindsight, yeah. it was it was very important, but it didn't feel like that mm. at the time when I was doing it. Um, yeah. So me finding my voice then meant that I learned to say what was making me unhappy with more confidence. Mm. So that led to arguments, understandably, because it's like, well, you've never yeah. said this yeah, before, yeah. you've never made an issue with this, you know. So yeah. Right. So now, so now I'm starting to see that there's an importance to that, and that it made me think was was there an element of we got on so well before because i didn't express how mm-hmm. i felt more regularly yeah I, th- I think you touched on something really important there rich and um I-, I would say is a big factor in it and that's finding your boundaries i think quite often like we can g- get settled in a way that is easy to get by and we don't really need to to hold a boundary and you can just kind of be and and, and flow along um, but I think when you start rediscovering them, yeah, when there's ba- when there's boundaries, there's things for people to hit off, and when there's things to hit off, that's when people start to kind of push back a little bit, right? Uh, and yeah. um, I've been there as well with with leaving my job um, in the bank, which I was I was there for seventeen years, and we we talked a little bit about this in the man's group yesterday that 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 loss of self because we've become so tied up in our work, right? That, that we are this thing. And when that's taken away, what's left. And you know, that's something that we all, we always delve into. And yeah, when, when in that process of rediscovery, uh, you, you can find things that you're not willing to tolerate anymore. Or maybe that, like you say, you find your voice. And I always remember when I was doing my psychotherapy degree there, they would always say, "Oh, this 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 course should really come with a health warning that it, most relationships are going to be rocked by it." Because as you do that more work on discovering who you are and finding out, you know, um, the the real core of you as a person, and you start standing up for yourself and finding your voice and creating these boundaries. If you've been in a relationship, and I speak as this from very much from experience, if you've been in a relationship where you haven't had a voice and you haven't had boundaries and you just float along and the other person's got used to that and all of a sudden they start going up and you start speaking out, it can very much be like, oh, whoa, I don't know if this is what I signed up for. Mm. And, you know, the, 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 the then arguments start coming and then it's like, oh, well, hold on, are we now in a bad relationship because we've started arguing now? It, it's a whole dynamic shift, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And, it, and it got me to thinking as as well along along those lines it's like when it comes to sort of you know the relationship and intimacy and attractiveness and all these kind of things bear with me where i'm going here phil you look confused um is is that probably when you started out in the relationship for for a lot of guys you might have been more vocal and more yourself Mm -hmm. to begin with and then over time that's that's gradually faded as you've kind of, uh, I don't know, adapted or wanted to keep the peace or whatever you you know whatever it is, um, and that's understandable. Like people don't want to argue generally as a rule. I think especially with somebody who you love, you know, you try mm-hmm. to sort of smooth things over and just keep things nice and happy. But. There's a, I don't know what you think about this, but perhaps there's a danger there in doing that, that you lose some of the essence of what attracted her to you in the first place. Well, you know what it was for me, Rich, and, and this, this really took a lot of, of um, 
doing a lot of inner work because it was quite a big thing. It was the, yes, I felt like on the surface I was showing up to each relationship being really nice and being really uh, accommodating, being really um, affectionate and all that stuff. So I would be really shocked when the relationship would take a bad turn because I, I felt like I was doing everything right. I was, I was ticking all the boxes. I was being Mr. Nice Guy all the time. And the problem wasn't that I was doing that necessarily, but it was the energy I was doing it with. And I found upon more discovery and, and doing the work that I was doing those things because I thought that's how you kept someone around. And the mm -hmm. thought of, of someone leaving or someone abandoning me was, was a real, you know, um, past trigger for me. Because um, things in childhood and stuff that, I, that we don't need to go into now. But I was just doing everything I could to be nice so that people wouldn't leave. And people pick up on that energy. It's not, it's not just doing nice things. It's doing nice things because I want a certain result. Mm -hmm. And once I started doing that, I was able to, to now I can show up to, to my relationship and do nice things because I care about my wife and I love her and, and I want to do nice things for her. But it's not because I want to keep her around. It's just because I'm doing a nice thing. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. So I was trying yeah, yeah. to avoid arguments, trying to avoid conflict because I didn't, I could not face be like being abandoned or, or being left in that way. And that wasn't a healthy way of <laughs> avoiding arguments. I suppose I think you can be in a relationship where the, there's not many arguments and that can be healthy. But I think you have to look at the, the energy that you're bringing and the reason for that. Yeah, like you could be having no arguments because you're very good, good communicators together and you always have been and you always just spoke your minds and said what was on mm -hmm. going on for you and did so in a, in, a, in a really productive way that, you know, both of you can kind of understand each other and then and then move along. Or, like mm -hmm. I said... Are you are you suppressing how you feel and just you know bottling it up and and that sort of thing, or are you kind of saying, yeah. never mind what you think, you know, crack on. This is what they want. So, yeah. But I mean, what 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 also came up um, in our conversation last night was was something I related to uh, from from past relationships. You know, thank God not the current one, where they were just built on arguments, and there are people out there who think. You need to argue a lot to have a healthy relationship. It needs to be this fiery exchange of, of, yeah. of, of you know, constant uh, of going at each other. And uh, you know, one of the guys brought, brought up something which which uh, I've unfortunately experienced before. When someone's won an argument and then they just keep wanting to, you know, hammer it down and and, and keep wanting to fight. Yeah. Uh, and you're just like, what 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 are you doing? What what is this? We the arguments over. You've won. Um. But but some people are so so attached to that idea that that you have to argue, and and that it's it's, it's good and it's healthy and I'd, yeah is that, that, is that, that, that that's never seemed it for me. Is that do you, that, do you think that's modelled? I don't know the answer to this, as and maybe you do. Is yeah. is that sometimes modelled in what they've seen as a child a lot of the time? Yes, a hundred percent. I would say that whether that is seeing their parents argue all of the time or the fact that they have argued with their parents all the time or sometimes 
um, uh, which got it's it, it's that positive and negative strokes, right? It, it doesn't as humans, it doesn't matter how we are getting attention. Yep. As long as Does we're getting get it. And, and, yeah. So so if for example your, your child's doing loads of really good positive things and they're getting ignored and then all of a sudden they'll start an argument and then they've got an attention even though it's negative that 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 feeds the human ego if it's something that we want and then that child gets the message of right in order for me to be valid to be seen to have attention i need to be in a fight and therefore they build their lives on that and that becomes a core message and yeah you get those relationships where they're just always fine i remember I, remember, I won't name the people, but Caroline and I went for uh, this this double date with a with a couple who were one of those couples, and it mm. was excruciating. And we went out for a meal, and they were arguing over what to wear, what to order, what time, where we're going to get the taxi from, and then we we got back and we went for drinks, and it was an argument about the drinks, and oh man. And then, it, yeah, it was just, it was it was awkward. It was horrible to be around. They didn't like each other. Um, they're not, you know, they broke up now, thank God. But, oh, mate, it was, uh, it was an exhausting experience for everyone involved, I think. Mm. But, yeah, it, I, I, I think there, there is, there are always different healthy ways to be. Um, but, I, I, yeah, I don't see how that 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 could be one personally but maybe that that maybe that's just a personal uh preference on that yeah i mean i, I do get some people who you know like a bit of argument and a, a little bit of spice that you might say you know just to take it makes it feel yeah. like they're alive but it but it needs to be it is literally a bit of spice it needs to be peppered in not not uh not a vindaloo <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it's not you, yeah, it, it's nice to have a nice curry once in a while, but you don't want, like, a vindaloo for every meal. Yeah. Yeah, or else you know, your insides will be useless. There's a, me- <laughs> there's a metaphor in there somewhere I'm trying to get to. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it's... I don't know. Like, I think there can be a cathartic argument sometimes, for sure. But I would... I would not argue whatsoever. I would propose that the the catharsism that you get from the argument that can be uh kind of uh distinguished or diluted with just proper conversation honest yeah open conversation yeah. i think what, uh, what i think you've mentioned in the group raw honesty you know just raw talking to the person and and, and saying the what's really on your mind i suppose I th- yeah, I think, yeah. So I don't think about the idea of into a full blown. Sometimes, sometimes we have these thoughts of like, I can't possibly say that to her or him, you know. Uh, mm. Well, yeah. and actually, maybe you should be letting that stuff. I'm not, you know, you've got to be careful, but maybe sometimes some of that stuff should should be coming out and should be said in the right way, you know. Yeah, yeah. And we've talked we, about we, it before. We, if if that, that feels, I was going to say that was that was the theme last night. Yeah, that was a theme last yes. night as well, wasn't it? Was that was everyone agreed? Often, once you've once you've let it out and you've spoke about it, it, it mm. was way better than you ever envisaged it was going to go. Exactly. Yeah, and I and we've talked spoke about it on the podcast before. I think that if if it feels completely unapproachable, then 
it's worth discussing why it's unapproachable. If you can't, even yeah. if you're not going to get into the topic, talk about talk around it. Talk about why you can't talk about it. It's mm. an important conversation to have, and yeah, it, it 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 can diffuse the tension. It can, or it can maybe not diffuse it, but it can make it a lot more understood and productive instead of this this like wild west of, of anger. Wild west of anger. I know. I, I, I didn't think through that one through. But I just like when when I'm imagining it, when, it, when and those arguments are just like imagine just everyone just shooting randomly and like it doesn't matter what happens, <laughs> and then there's just all this collateral damage and just and there's no kind of like measured, there's no there's no thought put into it, and I always feel like once you're flying off the handle, I feel like you're out of control, and if you're out of control, you you kind of lost the argument a little bit, um, because there's no thought you get, you're behind it. No... You're getting dragged behind the horse before you know what's happened. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but I think that's maybe but, a good place to to wrap it up, unless you've got something else there, Phil. No, I, 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 I'm, no I'm, I'm concerned I'd, fl- I'd fall into more cowboy-based uh, relationship metaphors, which I'm not. And as far as I'm I remember, we're not a podcast about about cowboys, so... Well, no, we are. My, we might be now. The... Uh... <laughs> The cowboy cast. <laughs> That's right. The elevated man saloon. Um, right. All right, partner. Are you going to take us out? Yeah. Uh, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Um, if you're interested in getting involved with, with any of this or doing some further work on yourself, then get in touch with uh, I, myself or Phil and head over what? to uh, thebettermanproject.co.uk for more information. Yeah, absolutely. And also, um, if possible, leave us a, a like or a thumbs up or whatever it is, depending on what you're watching. We never really ask for that kind of thing because we always forget. Uh, but yeah, that would, that would be really cool. Share it around if you think anyone would find this valuable. Give a thumb, subscribe. Thumbs up, thumbs up, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, mate. Um, let's let's mosey on out of here. Um, other cowboy, other cowboy things. Let's go. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.